this week's episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, Rick from Cincinnati Watches, our friend, stops by to talk about what got him into watches, his inspiration for starting the Cincinnati Watch Company. He walks us through each of his pieces and then talks about his new Divers Edition, which Spangler and I had a chance to go hands-on with, and spoiler alert, it's pretty sweet. We hope you all enjoy. All right, well, welcome everybody to episode 16 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. My wife did not think we would make it this far. So, uh... <laughs> same with my girlfriend, so we're all in the same Yes, no, nobody thought, nobody thought. Um, here we are, episode, episode 16, going strong with about eight listeners now, so thank you to all eight of you who are tuning in. Uh, it's probably actually more than that, but we like to joke about that, obviously. So, um, Keeps us this humble. week's episode... We, Yes, it does. Uh, this week's episode, we have our friend who we met through the local Red Bar chapter here in Cincinnati, who also has his own watch company called Cincinnati Watch Company, doing some pretty cool things here. We've got our buddy Rick. Rick, welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Exciting to be here. Welcome. Yes. Yep. Very exciting. Uh, you, uh, we, we, uh, one of our one of our buddies from Red Bar was joking that uh, you were you were really throwing us uh, some positive vibes on your last Instagram live. So. But that was because we knew yeah. you were coming on already. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's going to be some of my customers that would like to hear this too, and um, you know, it, it seemed like it'd be a fun time. I already know you guys. Red Bar's great. I have a blast there. It's a escape into the world of watch nerdia that doesn't happen during my uh, normal life. So, with my family and friends and co-workers and everybody else that doesn't understand this stuff oh yeah well i mean right now we kind of have joked we've had guests on fairly frequently since we've been on uh lockdown for covid19 and it the episodes tend to go long because it ends up being like a little mini red bar get together um Uh including the 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 pre-show and the post-show um we end up you know getting (laughs) our little red bar fix in which is uh which is quite nice um but uh as you know, as, as most of our listeners know, we, we always start every episode off with a wrist check and a drink check. So, uh, Rick, what are you wearing and what are you drinking? So, you, you figure you already know this. So I'm wearing the Cincinnati Watch Company Divers Edition Black Dial Gilt. And uh, for the liquor, uh, have you guys seen um, Lost in Translation? I have not, no. You have not seen Lost in Translation. I, have I haven't either. Oh, God. Buzzy, okay, have you well, seen it? No. Oh, do, do, all three of us over three. <laughs> did you not like Bill Murray? I mean, we for do. God's sake. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got to watch it because Suntory Whiskey is a focal point in that whole movie, and it's it's a great oh. movie. But, uh, so you killed my ability. I guess there could be some listeners that saw that movie, but if it's relaxing times, make it Suntory time. So... <laughs> I was Which, gonna plan to what I'm drinking. They didn't so. have the Centauri when I went there that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went to the data, because I my, my whiskey stores were low, um, I, I usually get Hibiki Centauri whiskey, which is my favorite. Instead I tried something new, which I am loving, Kayo whiskey. K-I-Y-O whiskey. It is uh, barreled in Mazuanara oak, which is a two hundred year old oak. It's 200 years before they will turn it into the cask, before it's uh, uh, aged in Osaka, Japan, and this stuff is fantastic. There's something wrong with it. It's too good. 
I like it a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I really recommend it. If you're into the, the Japanese whiskey, K-A-I-Y-O, I picked it up on a whim because it had a tag on it that said it was really good. And they were right. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and the diver... You know, Spangler and I may have seen, as, as you guys have seen on our Instagram, Spangler and I may have seen that this morning. We'll we'll talk more about that later. Uh, and, you know, somebody else has been on a little bit of a Japanese whiskey kick. So, uh, Evan, what are you drinking? What are you wearing? Uh, well, I'll start with what I'm wearing here. I uh, recently picked up a new bracelet for some of my watches. Um, it's from Honko, H-O-N-C-O. Uh, they make a variety of bracelets, mostly targeted to the uh, Rolex sports models. But luckily, this one, for 20 bucks was able to fit my Black Bay 58. Um, and I'm loving it. Um, kind of jingly jangly, but you know, for 20 bucks, I can't complain. Uh, it looks pretty good. Some people nice. may, call, yeah, some people may call me a blasphemous for putting a, a dive watch on a Jubilee, but you know, I don't really care. You know, I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Seiko divers come on a Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think some other, uh, you know, watch company that we may have looked at today, their diver is going to come on a Jubilee too. So <laughs> I think, I, you're right. the Jubilee. I think you're right. I love the Jubilee. It, um, it's not a full Jubilee in the sure, Jubilee-ish yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> sure is comfortable, though. It is very comfortable. Yeah. Um, but for drinking here, I am also drinking a Suntory whiskey. Um, it's their Toki whiskey. But uh, I've kind of gone a little strange. I threw in some uh, fresh peeled uh, oranges and some simple sugar and uh, some Nocino uh, walnut uh, liqueur. For a mix of an old-fashioned and a Manhattan, kind of, I guess, is what I'm calling it. So, that's what I'm drinking tonight. It's pretty tasty. Nice. Yep. What about you, Spence? What do you got on? What are you wearing? Well, so, well, those are both the same thing, but um, I am drinking. (laughs) Oh, wait, what what did I say? (laughs) What have I got on? What have I got on and what am I wearing, which is the same thing. It's not that kind of a Um, podcast. Come on. Not that kind of a podcast. (laughs) Not that kind of a podcast. Um, I have uh, just a bullet rye Manhattan that I made. Uh, Buzzy, don't at me. I know. I know. I will at you as much as I I know you will. I know you will. Uh, So bullet rye Manhattan, kind of just the go-to staple. Wanted to do a little bit of a mixed drink. And from those of us, those of you, which is mainly us, you know, the three of us and our five listeners, which makes eight, um, that uh, follow us on the podcast, um, on the Instagram account, I still have on my Hulk with a uh, Cincy Strapco two-piece NATO. Shout out to our buddy Zach, another friend from Red Bar Cincy. Uh, I got it on the black NATO this time. Really digging. I got a lot of his pieces from Strap Week. Just really enjoying that. So another another little plug for Zach. Um, give me a second. My wife actually is crashing. For the first time ever, my wife is crashing the podcast. And I guess I'm doing a shot with her real quick. So hold on. <laughs> Hello, Spence's wife. Yes. Hello, 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 my wife. Hello. You can. Uh, I'll turn. I'll turn it Thank- so you can see her. Um, she's gonna stand right here. She's. We're, she. You know, as we talked about beforehand, I, I had a margarita earlier, so I guess we're just doing shots real quick. Beautiful. First time ever. We have a sad bottle of tequila that needs. We have to finish the bottle of tequila. So, <laughs> cheers, everyone. To all wives putting up to this nonsense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, Buzz, um, what have you got on? What are you drinking? All right. So, I just want to start out with a disclaimer that uh, not everyone that we've met at uh, Red Bar Cincinnati uh, has a watch company, right? Just, just these two guys. <laughs> just, uh, We're going to have right. some other guys from Red Bar on the podcast who don't have watch companies. Just yeah. Zach and just Rick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't want people to start moving to Cincinnati thinking that it's a uh, a watch company uh, capital. Right? Yeah, it's Wouldn't the... want you to move under false pretenses. It's the new Valley de Joux. <laughs> There we go. Nice. That's funny. All right. So I am uh, doing... Let's start with the drink. I am on the uh, Spencer game plan a little bit more than I care to admit. So I'm trying to winnow down some uh, partial bottles. and uh, Uh, Drinking a little bit of everything, huh? Yeah, well, I just just emptied out a bottle of Jefferson's uh, bourbon. So nice. What whatever uh, our founding father had to do with bourbon, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I thought that uh, he was a Virginia guy mostly, but eh, I guess those states are adjacent. It's good. <laughs> ice, ice cubes, a splash of water. It's fine. And this, so, uh, I'll just say quickly for one of our one of our five listeners. Shout out to SS McCullough on. Uh, on the Instagrams uh, for for Buzzy's bottle kill inspiration right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I so what I'm what I'm wearing is I've got my uh, Breitling uh, Colt Chrono on. It's uh, the Super Quartz movement, it's a little thirty eight millimeter guy, and um, I love quartz. It's got to be the right right place, right time, but. It is very nice to have something that's grab and go, so you always have an option of wearing something different than what you've been wearing all day. Yeah, yeah, I can go with that. I've got a quartz watch. I'm down with it. Me too. Absolutely. Can't say that I love it, but you know, I I appreciate it. Oh, completely. Yep. So, we've gotten through everything there. And uh, we have a we have a special guest on. So, Rick, I know we talked a little bit before we started recording. Like, why don't you just take us down the rabbit hole? Take us down collecting. What got you into watches? How you started the company? Kind of the design direction. Obviously, you got something cool coming out that that Spangler and I can talk about since we've been hands on with it recently. Like literally a matter of hours ago um, yep. <laughs> in a safe and responsible manner obviously you know with with, uh-huh. the, with the virus we were we were very safe we met outside <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh yeah why don't you why don't you just uh tell us the story man so yeah i mean i thought about it a lot today because i knew that you guys are going to ask me about how i got into watches and it's really it's really kind of nebulous for me i mean i i wore watches when I was younger, and I'm, I'm talking about pre-20, and I'm 43 now, I, I wore them all the way to, you know, probably seven, eight years old. But these were not, obviously, pieces that, you know, we talk about now. I didn't know what I was doing back then, but they were always there. I mean, in you know, fairness, I, you were seven, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but even even in my late teens, you know, I was a runner, so, like, I had the Iron Man time, uh, the Iron Man, you know, I, I, I had... I had a Mickey Mouse watch that my parents that that I like just lusted over over a Disney trip is trip. It was a gold, gold faced Mickey Mouse. I I think it was actually a Seiko. I wish I still had the thing, but you know how overpriced everything is at Disney World. I had to beg yeah. my parents. I that this is all I want. I just want the Mickey Mouse Seiko watch or whatever it was, and I got that and I loved it and I wore it all the time, and then, sadly, my my. 
My father gave me my grandfather's Hamilton that he should not have given me in eighth grade. He should not have <laughs> uh. given me that watch. You know, my, my, pa- my dad was not a watch wearer, but he had his, his father's Hamilton, and he gave it to me, and I wore it quite a bit. I mean, probably from eighth grade, high school, 18, 19. I, I had it around, mm-hmm. and then just through getting married, life, everything, I don't know what happened to that thing. Um, yeah. and, but but that, that's kind of where it start started. I, they were always present, but there wasn't, like, obviously the type of obsession that I have now. And then it was right around the time, you know, I got married, uh, I, I got a, uh, a Zodiac. Uh, it was a quartz Zodiac. It was a fantastic bracelet. I still had that watch. And, and it was kind of, you know, it was a nicer thing for me, you know, and I, I really liked it. I wore it all the time. Um, we went snorkeling with it and the bezel fell off and Zodiac couldn't, couldn't get me a new bezel for that watch. And I still have it. Maybe one day I'll try to find an aftermarket one that'll work. I don't know, but, but that was kind of the big beginning of sort of a nicer watch, but still not really understanding the whole watch thing. And then it was probably circa 2015, 20, early 2016, that I watched a show and I was one of these like how it's made kind of shows. I don't know if it was on Discovery Channel, one of the one of these channels, and, and they showed a guy making a watch movement, a mechanical one, and it blew my freaking mind. I mean, I was just like totally enamored. Then I was like, I'm buying a mechanical watch right now. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I want to learn about this stuff. You know, so I went out and got one. I forget. I mean, I've had a lot of watches that are just forgettable from then till now. But I got one. I don't remember if it was a Seiko or... At some point in line, I got a Bernhardt. You know the uh, you're familiar with the Bernhardt micro brand. I, I did have yeah. one of those early on. Yeah. Uh, Fred's a great guy over at Bernhardt. I talked to him on occasion. He's he's a good dude. We're gonna talk um, after this then, because I've got. <laughs> oh, I, I wish I hadn't said that. Well, <laughs> long story short, essentially, Buzzy had one. I now own the one that Buzzy had. I was wearing it into a place where I had to take it off for security, like my son's daycare. Or mm-hmm. I guess now both of our sons' daycare, like both of the kids are in the federal building. You have to take the watch off to go through the metal detector. And as I took it off, it got caught on my pinky, flung across the room. The watch still works, but the second hand came off. So if you know mm. Fred, we're going to – because it's got the anchor on the, it. It's cool. I need to get him to reattach the second hand. Oh, yeah. It's still on the watch. Well, hell, you don't need him. I can do it. Okay, well then we'll talk after this. <laughs> anyway, um, what, what, yeah. um, great guy, so, great, great product. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I, I, I mean, I could do it if you really wanted me to, but yeah, you could send it back to Freddie. He'd absolutely do it for you anyway. Um, but you know, so so I watched this this show, and I, I I got really into it, and and I'm kind of a person that really gets into things. So my previous life, I owned a. Um, AV, like a high-end kind of AV custom installation company that did, um, you know, home theaters, automation systems, those sort of things around town in 2007, 2008. I I was in the Homerama and those big houses doing, you know, luxury automation systems. You know, I've been in networking technologies, uh, used to working with small wires and process. That, That was just natural to me, very small wires, especially when you're talking about Ethernet. So there was just, I was already working with small tools. I was already 
for a long time, for 10 years, already working with very small things on a regular basis. And I think it kind of set me up because once I got into the watch thing, I was like, I want to hold a movement. I want to hold one in my hand. I want to play with it. I want to see, I, I don't just want to have the watch. I want to experience what's driving this thing. I want to understand it better. So I started taking all kinds of watches apart, put together, buying cheap watches off Amazon, just garbage watch. I mean, like $4 watches, buying them, <laughs> taking them completely apart, putting them back together, you know, for the fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I got deep pretty quick and I got deep more into that and then you know even a lot of guys you know will make a rapid succession or maybe some succession into luxury and hot horology and I, I didn't even get there yet. I mean I was before I even had my first real watch. I was taking watches apart. That that's really what what got me into it. Um but along the way I discovered that it was kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> put it bluntly i mean and, and i say that i say that in the sense that like you know there's auto fry and there's some places out there where you could buy some cases you could buy some movements but you had to really understand like okay well will this hand fit this post you know is this is this movement really gonna fit in this watch case what tools do i need you know i'd get so far in a build and realize oh oh i need that tool and then i'd have to wait two more weeks while that tool was being shipped to me mm -hmm. and i had to stop on my build and i was just like you know this 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 has to be easier somebody needs to come up with a way to make this easier and as i got better and better at it i was like you know what there should be some place where you just like can get a watch all the parts are going to fit and someone tells you what tools they need and then they show you some videos on how to do it. So you can have this experience that I so desperately wanted to have initially. And that's that's kind of where Build Your Own Watch started. And I started that brand in 2016. You know, and I'll be I'll be really honest with you. We, we launched on Kickstarter and it failed. But I had so <laughs> many people that emailed me that wanted to do it. We just said, well, hell with it. We'll just make them anyway. And they <laughs> sold. We sold a bunch of them. Um, I had 12-year-old children putting their own watches together wow. based on my wow. video instruction. And I'm not going to say that my video instruction, you know, your, your last episode was with Matt and I respect him like big time. You know, this guy knows a lot more about me, uh, about movements and watches, you know, and a ton more, you know, so I'm not trying to project that I'm this professional watchmaker because I'm not, I've probably taken apart many more watches than your average guy. Yeah. probably most average guys <laughs> <laughs> especially now with with the brands behind me i put a bit put together a fair fair number of watches but you know i read a lot of books i i watched a lot of videos i got my process down which goes back to the av experience process order patience and putting watches together for me is kind of like a zen experience i'm focused entirely on it it's it's scary and fun at the same time you know, it's like, I know I can't make a mistake. I can't scratch this dial. I can't scratch these hands. I can't, you know, I've <laughs> got to be perfect. And in that moment, you're just, you're totally focused. So for me, that business was, was really fun. It was an exciting business, but obviously doesn't have, doesn't have the kind of appeal that, that's going to reach everybody. Not everybody wants to, you know, try to put their, their own watch together, you know, mm -hmm. but it was fun. And that's that's kind of where we started, and then after that we decided to start a you know more traditional watch brand, and that's where Cincinnati Watch Company came in, um, you know, launching with the the Union Terminal watch, and, and from the beginning the 
the brand I, I wanted I knew this was just you know this this is a passion this is a hobby I, I, I do other work so I, I'm not depending it on for money if I, I felt if I'm gonna do this this has got to do some good beyond just selling a watch and getting some money so uh, the Cincinnati watch company we we always partner with some nonprofit organization money from the sale of the watch always goes to some nonprofit organization and if we continue to make that product it will continue to go to them so you know should we ever make a union, another union terminal watch they're gonna get some money should we make another Cincinnati's field watch we partner with the free store food bank they're gonna get some money um, with the P40 Mechanical, if I ever do another pilot watch in the P40 Mechanical line, the Tri-State Warbur Museum is going to get some money. Um, and that just, you know, kind of as you, you get a little older, you want to, and I'm not, I'm not old, but, you know, I kind of feel like <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to have had some kind of legacy that I left behind beyond just I, you know, ran around and made some money or something. And, and this, this passion, really, the the magic for me happens when I know I designed a watch, a bunch of people bought it, and I gave money to some nonprofit that I could have never given on my own. I mean, I'm, I'm giving money to these places that I could not afford because I'm not super rich either. So it's like, to me, that has been the most exciting part from it, other than the fact that I'm just, you know fueling an insane hobby you know I mean, <laughs> i'm getting to think about these things and make these things and and it's been it's been you know a lot of fun hopefully i haven't talked too long there no so, no not so at Rick, all man yeah i got, um, got a question for you on that mm -hmm. how do you find uh, these nonprofits to partner up with yeah call them up i <laughs> 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 call i mean you know when we started and this was you know you, you got to figure when I met with the Union Terminal with uh, Elizabeth Pierce, she's the uh, president of the Union Terminal. She's a great lady. She's, I love her. She's really nice, um, really great person. But, you know, we had, we, had, we had done Build Your Own Watch thing, but we didn't really have any credit at Cincinnati Watch Company. I emailed them over and over and over again. Hey, I got this idea. I want to make this watch. I mean, I probably thought I was crazy. Um, but they ultimately, after enough pestering, invited me in for a meeting. I brought in some, some drawings and some ideas I had about the watch, which, you know, obviously strongly influenced, if not exactly influenced on the, the clock in the front of the building. Mm -hmm. um, and they totally went for it right away. I was like, okay, let's do it. You know, we met, we decided to do it. Um, it, it really was the most opportune of times. And, and I, I had, my business partner, Mark, and I, I should mention Mark, Stegman is uh, my business partner. He handles the the web the web side of the business uh, for us. Uh, but uh, we had talked about that like way back in two years before we ever did the union the union terminal watch. We had talked about wouldn't it be awesome if there was a watch based on the clock at Union Terminal because the clock is such a beautiful clock. That Art Deco clock is just amazing. Um, so. We met, we did it, uh, and, and it became a pretty big success. Um, I'm, I'm kind of losing, I'm kind of forgetting your original question. Did I answer it? Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you did. So you had, 
Did, did you have the inspiration to do a watch based on the clock first and decide that you could use that as a fundraiser, or did you identify that you'd like to raise funds? Uh, well, that's for, that's when I think well, that's when it all kind of came together for me, it, it codified for what Cincinnati Watch Company was going to be because I was like, okay, we want to make this clock, we want to make this watch based on this clock that's an iconic clock on an, an iconic property in Cincinnati and and it, it's, it's essentially a city-owned property I mean I could probably make that watch and give them zero dollars zero cents it's owned by the city it's owned by us we pay taxes Union Terminal wouldn't be there without our taxes mm-hmm. I mean I, it's like same reason why I can call my company Cincinnati Watch Company I don't have to pay city of Cincinnati money for that um, <laughs> yeah but but, sure. <laughs> but that idea that idea you know, grew into like, well, yeah, I mean, I love the Union Terminal. I take my kids there all the time. I mean, I remember going back there, like, when it opened up as a museum when I was younger and just, like, looking at the rotunda in awe, and like, this place is freaking awesome. Of course we want to support that. So why don't we partner with them and give them a part of the sales and, 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 help support them and remember back then that was the time when we had gone they'd gone through the big um you know retooling in the museum um, yeah so so all that money was spent to rebuild it uh and and preserve it uh for future generations so that it was just a very opportune time to be launching that watch be raising funds for it and awareness for the museum so that was um that just worked out i mean it was just it, it couldn't have worked out better i mean you know and even when i met them they weren't their offices weren't in the museum at that time because it was being built, yeah. you know. So I met with them off-site. Um, I, it was in the uh, Miller, maybe it was Miller Valentine. I forget the construction company, but they were, like, in their building. That was their offices, and I went in there and, and met them there. So that that was kind of the, the foundational start of Cincinnati Watch Company and then kind of the ethos behind it, and that's the ethos I'm going to continue going forward. Uh, with all our products. I mean, unquestionably, they're going to be, you know, we're going to be continuing to support nonprofit organizations with watches. And to me, that's that's about as win-win as you can get. And then, because we're small, because we're not big, we can pick out local organizations or small organizations that, that national watch brands, the big guys, would, would overlook. You know, so that, that gives us an opportunity that you're not going to get, you know, the Rolex isn't going to cover the Union Terminal. You know? right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'm not saying they're not a caring company. I'm sure they have some, you know, community give back. I, I'm guessing. I, I don't know. I'm not aware of it. But, I mean, they're not going to be following the small organizations around us or the small organizations that I support. So I, I see it as an opportunity to do those sort of things. I mean, and that's I, great. And Go ahead, Buzz. I, I think it's wholly unique. There are plenty of uh, companies that do limited editions to raise funds for causes, but I don't know of a single watch brand that does that with every single watch that they make. So you, you started something pretty pretty unique there. No, yeah, no, I, I think it's in my day job, and I'm not going to, I'm kind of stealing his phrase, but the president of the company I work for during the day, they, they are heavy on giving back to the community, and it's, it's 
great that I work there because they, they align really well and they know about the watch company and they love it and support it. Um, but his, his tagline is always like, our success becomes other people's miracles. And I'm not going to steal that from him, but it's the same, same kind of concept. You know, I, I want us to do well so that we can give back to these organizations that are doing these great things. And of course, I can have fun playing around with some watches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, so from there, you, obviously, you did the Union Terminal, and then if I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the chronologically how this goes. Does it go Union Terminal, then Cincinnatis, then the P40, no, or is it? No. Or is it the P40 well, first? Almost right. Yeah. Okay. P40 was after the uh, Union Terminal. Um, so the P40 uh, mechanical. Uh, is in honor of the Tri-State Warbird Museum's restoration of their P-40M Kitty Hawk. Um, and, it, and what makes that, that plane that they restored special, it's, and it's really special that it's even in Cincinnati. I mean, it's really special. Well, it's in Batavia, technically, but it's basically Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. um, what it, that it's even around us because that, that airplane uh, was restored to such detail that it won Oshkosh 2016 Grand Champion. So that means of all the warbirds that were submitted in that air show, all of them, it won for its wow. restoration. And, and the level of detail, I mean, if, if you dive into the level of detail that they worked on, on that plane. So uh, Curtis Wright manufactured the plane, and um, they specified read and print screws. Read and print screws are no longer manufactured. They're, they kind of look like a Phillips, but they're different. The Warbird Museum had read and print screws milled, custom fabricated. So wow. every little screw is right per Curtis Wright's initial specifications. All the wiring, so every little wire that's in that plane, there was a specific jacketing color for the wiring based on its function for the aircraft. They followed that to a T. There's a detonator inside the plane so, so, so if in World War II, if you, if you were shot down, you pressed a detonator button to explode your radio because you didn't want the enemy to, to, to get our tech. That detonator button works in that plane. It would blow it up. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I mean, so that, that's, that's the level they went on the, on the plane, and it really looks, it looks as if it rolled off you know, the production line when you go there and visit this plane. Mm -hmm. So... It, it's an awe-inspiring experience to be there. It's a very unique thing that we have that in Cincinnati. So that 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 drew my next uh, my next bit of attention. I wanted to do a pilot watch, and they were the obvious choice. And I did, I knew of them, but I didn't know of them well. And then when I went there, I like almost dropped on the floor once I started seeing all the planes they had, and they started telling me about what they have. And and from what they tell me, and maybe I'm quoting them wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure what David O'Malley said, who's the president of the Tri-State War Museum, there might be five P-40s in the world restored to that level. Wow. So if you go up there and if you want to see a P-40, that's going to be about your most accurate chance to see one anywhere in the world. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, besides and inventing that, a time machine and going back with the Flying Tigers <laughs> yeah. into uh, yeah. 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 the Pacific yeah, and not, Theater, you know? And not to mention, these planes aren't just restored for sitting there, they fly them. I mean, they restore them to flying condition, not just restore them. They restore yeah. them and mm -hmm. fly them. So Which every one of their planes are flyable. It's unbelievable to me because I know they do. So 
you know, not to give away exactly what part of town I live in, but I live fairly close to a small regional airport here in Cincinnati. Uh Um, And that every year, you know exactly, most of the Cincinnati (laughs) listeners will know exactly which one I'm talking about. But I am on, my my house overlooks essentially the approach angle. So Mm -hmm. corporate jets that are flying in, little, little folks who are getting their pilot's license and Cessna's flying in, they fly around my house all day. My favorite time of year, we've lived in this house for two years, and we've taken our, our oldest now, and you know this summer we'll take our, our youngest as well if they still are able to have the event. The Warbirds do a great event at that airport. And the coolest thing to see is, you know, we, we've been down there and either the conditions weren't right or there was, a, I don't want to say an issue with the plane because I don't think that was it. It's just you know, for whatever reason, they say, oh, we're going to try to fly at 10 o'clock, and we're down there, and like we don't see them take off. It's like, well, you know, We'll hear it, and, and that's the crazy thing is, is is hearing those old World War II planes, you do hear them. And oh, yeah. when we hear them, yeah. we come outside, and you look, and the coolest thing is is you see them you see them circling our house, essentially, and coming back for a landing. And, I mean, it's those planes are unbelievable. To see something like that flying in the air with the sound – I mean, you can't recreate that sound. The sound that they make is unbelievable, and just – it's mm-hmm. – it's so cool to see in the in you know your watch supporting that organization i mean it's it's neat to see those and I actually have a, a coworker who is very into classic cars and mm-hmm. classic I mean going back to World War two times so when the warbirds have a period event here in town up in dayton at at Wright Pat Air Force Base, he takes two or three of his nineteen early nineteen forties cars that he has. And and provides support from a from a from a ground perspective, meaning like they have the planes and they have the cars from the right era. So like my, my buddy yeah. who I work with is super into that. So I haven't been to one of the events yet. I just missed it for for whatever reason the last time he had one. But it's it's definitely something I want to check out. It's it's a really cool tie in to to what we're talking about here, and it's really neat that, that you know you're you know, the the two pilots watch you know the, the black and the blue colorway. Which I think you got a couple more blue colorways. Uh, have, have you sold no, out of those yet? So no, the the blue the blue limited edition blue version of that watch is gone. Uh, okay. The black one sold out two at least of what we have available. We'll be we'll be getting more in. Okay. Another thing I want to mention about that watch is when I designed it, I looked very closely at the eight day uh, mechanical watch that was in that P forty. And those were made by um, primarily Waltham. A few other brands made them mm-hmm. uh, back in the 40s, but Waltham primarily made um, it, it was the AN5743 mil spec. And that mil spec, I pretty closely followed it on that watch. Now that there's changes with the hands, but you know, even even my counterbalance on my sweep seconds a triangle. A lot of people have said, well, that makes it look like a GMT. Why'd you do that? Because that's what's on the plane. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't, I, I didn't pick that. I picked that very specifically. So the sweep second hand is a lot like it looks on the plane. Um, you know, I had the same triangle, the dash marks, the dots, the, min, the, the, the minute track around is exactly, it's not exactly, but it's, very heavily inspired by what was in that plane. I mean, I the inner 24-hour track I added just to add some more visual interest, but the the meat of the dot dial design came directly from that plane. And unfortunately, 
they don't really want to let a cameraman and a watch guy get into like a priceless plane to take photos <laughs> yeah. of the to take photos of the clock in it. So I never really got a great photo of it to share that. I always wanted to, but there's always I've seen some debate about my design on that, and it really comes down to the AN5743 mil spec. The Army put out a mil spec for the watch, and then different manufacturers could bid on it. Elgin, um, even Longines made some of these, um, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, but Waltham primarily. And the amazing thing is Waltham is still in business making aircraft clocks. Huh. Wow. So, so Waltham was bought probably by the Swiss or whatever closed down, the pocket watch factory, but there was a, a little offshoot factory that specialized in aircraft clocks, and they're still in existence. And I actually got to talk to the owner when I talked to the plane. I, his name escapes me, but um, they're still making this AN5743 eight-day hand-wound mechanical aircraft clock. To this day, you can buy wow. one online right now. <laughs> I don't know how much they cost, um, but it's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Probably isn't this wearable, though, as your, your No, <laughs> No, but if you're considering a desk clock... What could be better? You know, I mean, what could yeah. be better? I mean, better? you're right. Yeah, a mil spec right. <laughs> going back to the '40s and it's sitting on your desk. Man, I gotta call them back and buy one. I I don't know why I never did that. I gotta call I, them back and buy one. I feel like that's desk. happening. I feel like that's happening later. <laughs> you need one for your office, there, Spence. <laughs> well, so so the thing is, is if they're not, if it's mobile, meaning I can put it out. So I'm I don't have. Oh, I'm the one who. Yeah, so you I'm could the, sit that on your desk. It just has screws on it that would go on the dash, so you could yeah, just buy one. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I I just pick it up and move it around because I'm the mobile one in our in oh our yeah, household. okay. My <laughs> wife is the one who took it, you know, with with the whole COVID thing and the nature of her work versus the nature of my work. I move around because I'm on the phone a lot and my voice projects. So depending on nap schedules, this that and the other, I get to move. <laughs> I'm upstairs. I'm downstairs. I'm in this room. I'm in that room. Whereas she's in the office with her two screens. So. Um, Maybe I'll get that for her so she can put that on her desk. She'll just forget to wind it, though. For some reason, I feel like she would really love that. In fact, I think my wife would really like one, too. I'm going to get one of those tonight, too. Yeah, it's for Mother's Day gift. Just for Mother's for Day, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yep. I, know yeah. You've I, know, I know you've always wanted an AN5743 Milstack aircraft clock for Mother's Day. I mean, in fairness, she would probably think it's cool, but she'd be like... You bought this for you, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so so you take us through the air, you, through the the pilot's watch, the P forty mechanical. Let's talk about Cincinnatus real quick, the field watch. Which, for those of you who can't see, which is literally everybody except me, Buzz, and Evan, he has that as the background <laughs> of this Zoom call, real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know. Our city's name in the roundabout way came from Cincinnatus, and I wish I probably should have invited my business partner. I don't know why I didn't. He he knows the history of this well, and I, I don't know it as well, but essentially, Cincinnati was named after the Society of the Cincinnatus, not Cincinnatus directly, because one of the original founders of Losantaville was this member of the Society of Cincinnatus. Um, so Cincinnatus was a Roman general. He was um, known for the fact that he got all the powers to defend Rome. I guess there's, there's something happening in Rome. 
uh, an invasion. I forget the, the, I have this all on my website, but I forget the name of the, the people that were invading Rome. He was given temporary dictatorial powers. He defeated the army. He was pulled out of the, the farm, donned his senatorial robes, defeated the invasion, and, and, and returned power right back to Rome right after that. So he was kind of known for this civic duty association. And then also, uh, you know, where Cincinnati got its name. So the Cincinnatus, I felt that, you know, what organization in Cincinnati doesn't relate more to that sense of civic duty than the Free Store Food Bank. So I, I wanted to make a field watch that kind of had, I mean, it doesn't have an exact Roman feel, but it, it you know, you've got the guilt, you've got the, the, the um, you know the textured dial, uh, the gold NH7 NH71 movement in the back. I, I just felt there was some Roman feel to that, um, and then the Free Store Food Bank tied in perfectly with that theme. So we did, donated some of the money to the Free Store Food Bank on that watch, and that watch happened to that one. We blew through those, um, blew through them. Uh, the one thing about that watch was that NH71. I, I don't even think Seiko has a watch right now you can buy with that reference in it, that movement in it anymore. I, I, don't, I haven't seen one. We might have been the second company to put that watch or that movement in a watch. Um, Seiko, I don't know, you know, while Seiko, the NH35 is the 4 or 35 in Seiko terms. So the NH71, I don't know what this, I forget what the Seiko reference is for that, but I think they made one watch like two years ago with that movement. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. And it took me over a year to get those movements. I'd order those movements a year in advance to get them, um, which is a long wait okay. for a movement. But um, it really set it off because it's really unique. It's, you know, it's a gold tone skeletonized with a decorated, semi-decorated rotor basically NH35 no date so it's really there's very few watches that have that that movement in the world and it's you know it's the standard Seiko reliability inexpensive awesome movement and uh you know kind of a traditional looking field watch um so it it killed it I mean we sold a ton of them and or we, we sold out in rapid fashion <laughs> um so you're gonna see more of that line for sure that's that's a hint that if you're a newsletter subscriber um with Cincinnati watch company you already know nice. um, and especially especially now i mean with what's going on in the world the free store food bank is definitely in need and uh of additional monies and additional support so it's a good time to be uh to be potentially in the near future releasing something in this line again so you will be seeing more on that product and we'll make sure we cover where we can follow you <laughs> when we get done talking about the next thing uh that's usually how we sign off is we like to let our, our guests make sure that they know but 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 you know a couple of us may have seen your the release that'll be coming out next mm -hmm. uh this morning so why don't we talk a little bit more about the uh the divers edition if you will so that that I, I wanted to do a dive watch, and you figure uh, Cincinnati's rough inspiration for a dive watch. Um, <laughs> don't get in that river. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Just I mean, don't do it. 
I considered making a dirty river diver. <laughs> nice brown hey, dial. You said you've never, you've never done a brown dial, you said, so that would have been the first one. I, yeah, I, no. We're talking after this, Rick. I've got an idea. Yeah. We could call it the, the dirty river diver. Um, <laughs> no, so, I mean, we looked around. Believe me, we tried to find some local organization, but it just didn't work out. So, you know, that that was actually, that was, was pretty fun because... You know, for a lot of my watches, and I try to associate the design to a certain degree with organization or at least the concept around the watch. You know, for a lot of my watches, that has been pretty easy to associate. <laughs> um, yeah. This one's been kind of, this one was kind of tough. So it was really more of a fun challenge just looking around the world to find out what I was going to support with the watch Um because Cincinnati just wasn't going to work. And so we found the Dive Pirates uh, Foundation. They're based out of Texas, but they have chapters in uh, dive shops all around the country. So I think there's even a chapter in Cincinnati, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong, but they're all over the country. So the Dive Pirates, um, they, uh, they provide adaptive dive experiences to disabled Americans. So essentially... I mean, these could be veterans, maybe not, but many of them are veterans, and maybe they've lost a leg, or maybe they have some a disease or something. For whatever reason, they've lost mobility, um, and the dive pirates will um, send them on an all-expense-paid trip to the Caribbean with specialized uh, divers accompanying them, um, and and they get the experience mobility in a way that they don't get to in normal life so they'll get to to swim in the ocean with these divers experience the beauty of the caribbean and and um we thought that was a really interesting mission i just came across them across tons of google searches for non-profits relating to the sea you know and i found them <laughs> so that that was the inspiration for for the divers edition at least in terms of the non-profit side of things um you know, and I guess you're going to always see in my watches kind of a, a hint of familiarity with them. But then also with this one, I think the Cakes is, it's it's a unique kind of watch from what you see from a lot of other micro brands um, or brands in general. I just think it's kind of a unique case shape. I, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on it more than, uh, more than mine. I'm not going to review mean, my own watch. <laughs> sure. I, it, Spangler, I you, you it. go... You go first, man. I mean, we were both there this morning handling it, and, uh, I mean, give me your take. I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when it comes down to me, like, the proportions on the watch, like, you know, you can look at the Instagram photos. They seem a little big. Like, I believe it's 40 millimeters, right, I want to say? The case is 40 to the bezel's edge is 41. 40, so 40 to 41, and, like, the lug lugs 48, I think you said, something like that. 48 and a half. 48 and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a super wearable watch for us. So when you first put it on, it's a super wearable watch. Um, and then the thickness of it, it's no, I mean, what was the thickness again? It was sub-14. 13, I, I feel like. 13? Like. 13, 13.1. Okay, yeah. If you're going to trust my $20 calipers. <laughs> We I mean that no that point one millimeter, like that whole point one millimeter, is gonna really kill it for some people. Uh, it I'm takes sure. it over the edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my, it's over thirteen. Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a forty millimeter dive watch, you know, just a tinge above thirteen, thirteen millimeters thick, which is you know, it's fine because it's a dive watch, so there's no big deal there. But I mean, it's a super wearable watch. 
Uh, and then when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, like it's got a sapphire crystal, which is awesome. And the one thing I noticed was like, when you look at the sapphire crystal, like it looks like a plexi. I don't know what crystal you guys ordered, but it's got the right amount of dome to it that looks like a plexi crystal, but it doesn't have that like milky ring around the outside, unless you like really look for it. Um, but I could rarely see it, uh, which is really cool to see because you get that like plexi, you know, aesthetic, but you get the durability of the, uh, the sapphire. Um, and then not to mention like the bezel, um, having that like stadium concave bezel, you don't see that a lot either. And I think it's a cool vintage touch. Uh, and I really like that. And it's also, you know, the bezel ceramic, um, which gives it that extra durability, which I really like personally. Um, and then not to mention, you know, the two color rays, two color ways, you got black and you got a blue and a little hint of orange, which I personally prefer, uh, cause I'm a big FC Cincinnati fan. And I think you said you got your inspiration from that colorway from FC Cincinnati. So I, I personally prefer that. Um, and then the you got you got to represent if you're going to do well, a blue watch. It's yeah. got to have some one blue always goes with orange, but yeah. here especially. Plus you get that well, Cincinnati may, tie in too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean we may we may just have to tag them when we run this episode out. Just say, hey, you guys get a reference in this. Maybe you should listen. Maybe you should tweet about it. <laughs> Maybe you should post it on Instagram, you know? Maybe to yeah. all your, you know, you got mm-hmm. way more followers than we do. Like, let's let's help us out here. Yeah, really. It's worth one watching there. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have nine listeners. All, double digits, guys, if we could just get the double digits. <laughs> we're, close, we're close to it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, to be honest, Spangler really kind of hit it on the head. And, you know, I, I posted the picture. Everyone is... is who said, oh, it's 41. It seems like it's a big watch. We talked about this this morning. You, you've you made – most of your watches have been 40 or, or lower. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mean lower, but like smaller, yeah. you know, 36 the, to 40 the millimeters. Yeah, was yeah. 37. The, the Pilot was 40 and a half. The, the um, Field Watch was 39. Yeah. And and you also have to think that on the, the main model in our photos, my wrist is 6.6 inches. I've got a small – Small yeah. wrist, yeah. but it still, it wears well on me. I mean, I'm fine. It with does. It. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I'm. I'm well, it's so great. what I did this morning, and this was my genius idea. Is like, okay, you guys want to see how big this thing is? I put it next to the watch I'm wearing right now, my Hulk, and it, it wears. I don't want to say, on the wrist, it doesn't wear any bigger. It's one of those things where you guys, you have that really thin concave dial, which I love that design because the thin concave dial with the domed crystal. Like from a profile view, looks so cool, and we talked about that this morning. The profile of that watch is—I don't want to say it's the best view because the dial with the sunburst is beautiful, but like it's got a really unique and really awesome profile view. Which when you when you have a wrist, you have your watch down and you look at it from from like just down your arm to see it on your wrist, it's it's such a cool view. Like it's it's such a great watch. It's not a big watch. It's not a. It's like it's it's the it's the quintessential diver size. It's right around forty millimeters. It's about thirteen millimeters thick. It's got a ceramic bezel. It's got a solid movement in it. Um, we didn't even talk about the bracelet yet, which, like you said, isn't quite full on jubilee, but it's jubilee uh, style, jubilee adjacent, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, amazingly comfortable fully articulating links like the thing was unbelievable yes. the clasp i know some people are going to say oh well it doesn't have a micro adjustment on it or it doesn't have <laughs> it has, or it only has micro it doesn't have it doesn't have a diver's extension i was like for, for for the price point that you're at it doesn't need a diver's extension it has six micro adjustment slots the clasp is machined it has a great tactile feel it's got the safety the safety lock over it it's it's better than the clasp on my samurai which 
<laughs> listed for more than what you're going to list for. I paid less because yeah. Macy's had it on sale because, you know, Macy's always sells Seiko's for 50% off. Stay away um, from there at Christmas time. Please listen to me. Stay don't away. go to Macy's at Christmas. <laughs> don't trust me on this. <laughs> or maybe do it, you know. <laughs> or maybe do it. But, you know, we're all enthusiasts here. Um, but, I mean, I wore that watch. I don't want to say, like, I had a hard time giving it back, but, like, I'm waiting for your pre-order, and then I'm really just waiting for you to tell me that the watch is on the way. Because, like, yeah. I'm, in love with, I'm in love with the blue and orange. I really love it. And, I'm, I mean, I don't want to say I'm not an FC Cincinnati fan. I'm just, I've, I've never really been super into soccer. If I'm going to enjoy a soccer team, it's going to be the local one. But, like, I just love the colorway. The blue just pops. I mean, it just – I've got some really awesome pictures. You have some even better pictures from your photographer, buddy. Like, this – this watch is phenomenal. I can't wait to to own one. Like I'm, I'm, I, and this isn't just me, you know, with you know, supporting my buddy Rick here. This is <laughs> like the way this thing feels, the movement that's in it, the ceramic bezel. Um, we are going to throw a little bit of shade to your to your newsletter subscribers because I am in the minority <laughs> here. I, I want you to keep the fully graduated bezel. I get it. I get the business decision. The the, the people may or may not have spoken. That they wanted to, and, and and to your point, you're right. The ten on the prototype did look a little goofy. It's tough with the stick one. I get what you're saying. I'm gonna miss the fully graduated bezel, though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so here's 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 what you. I mean, you know, yeah. That the the one in ten is smaller than two and twenty and three and thirty and five and fifty. I mean, the one is always gonna be a problem with a bezel and spacing if you're going to fully graduate because you have number, you know, you have the dots or slashes in between those numbers mm -hmm. and there's going to be a space difference between that and the other values on the bezel. And, you know, what, what looks good. And when you go through the design process, all doesn't always translate in person. So it, it bothered me a little bit, but you know, you, you look around at some other watches and some other major brand watches, um, you know that issue is kind of there so kind of in person not zoomed in not thinking about it not focusing in it's not really that bad I, what i didn't like is is the height of the dots on the bezel i wanted that to be closer into the dial yeah. um and you know and then we put it to our newsletter subscribers whether or not they wanted to fully graduated or just to the 15 and overwhelmingly just to the 15 i mean like they're all wrong they're all wrong. 80, like 80%. You have mil-sub hands. It needs to be fully graduated. They're all yeah, wrong. I know. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I'm telling you. And, and, like, the thing is, is, like, the whole point of a dive watch is for grilling. Everybody yes. knows that. Oh, yes. Yes. Everybody knows oh, that. There's not a person that doesn't know that. I mean, like, what? There's, like, the three dollar, the three guys that are divers that actually dive with dive watches. And Especially then there's the in rest Cincinnati. Of us. Don't get in that river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's the rest of us that grill with their dive watches or time their kids yes. a lot of time on a Nintendo or whatever. You know, that's what man you who use gets a dive it. watch for. You know? <laughs> but, uh, I mean... You have to make a decision at the end of the day, you know. I get and, you. I get you. And, and a lot of people <laughs> liked it. And there is one thing I like because of the, because the bezel's up, all polished. That free space when you lose the dots, it's gonna. I I, I like shiny polished bezels. So yeah, I, I think yeah. it's gonna add. We'll see. You're gonna see it in about a month um, when we launch the watch. Um, 
and you know, like we said, we're going to launch it pretty aggressive with an SW200 in it at 350 bucks on pre-orders. Pretty, pretty aggressive. And I understand the times. I mean, I'm worried for people. I know a lot of people are hurting right now, um, and you know, buying a watch might be uh, kind of low on the uh, low on the spectrum of things that are interested in buying at this point. But it is what it is, and for me, it's more about getting a cool watch in somebody's hands than making a lot of money. It's about you know, can I help the dive pirates? Can I make more of these watches? Can I get some fun watches in people's hands? Yeah. Then, then it's achieved the goal. Yeah. You know. Well, absolutely. I mean, we talked about it this morning a little bit too. It, it and, and you talked about it on the podcast. It's it's the, the charitable aspect of this is 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 wholly unique. But then also your design language has carried through each of your, you know, sub couple of these pieces here. It's it is a dive watch. It has the quintessential features of a dive watch, but it is a unique dive watch. I mean, the case profile is it, I don't want to say it's unlike anything we've ever seen, but it, it's got a no. unique case profile. It's got, you know, it, it's got the, the concave bezel. It's got the dome crystal. Like it's. It's a Cincinnati watch company dive watch. It has the quintessential features that make it a dive watch, but it's a unique design, and I think that's something that's really cool. And the fact that we're taught, we you know, we know that we know the guy who made it. I mean, that's that there's a huge human connection there too. And then the dive pirates. There's there's a lot of things going for this. And and you know, I will I will tell you all this who are listening who are like, uh, you know, I want to see it in person. It the the bracelet makes it eminently wearable. The clasp is amazing. <laughs> like it, it it's a quality piece. I mean, we kind of talked about this for Seiko for for new Seiko Five money. Like you can't, I don't think you can beat it. This this thing's like I'm I'm waiting for him to tell me the pre order is opened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely cannot beat this for what the price you'd pay for a Seiko Five. I will second that. Well, yeah. exactly. I mean, you can give me the money right now. Um, <laughs> We're waiting to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. I've, I've been watching that for months now. Come on, <laughs> pre order. Come on. <laughs> So it's been fun, you know. The really, the really fun thing about owning a microbrand, and I think probably what's fun for customers, especially, and if you're if you're listening out there and you've never bought a microbrand or never worked with a microbrand, many of them, you're going to get to email them and talk to the owner or talk to the the designer. I mean, that's what's fun about buying from a microbrand. I mean, you know, when I bought from Fred, I was amazed when I asked him a question about the watch, and he wrote back to me. You know, and we kind of had this mini relationship back and forth. And, you know, that's awesome. Uh, so, you know, I've just had some fun experiences over the years dealing with my customers. I know them. I had a, a lady, um, her name's Katrine, and she uh, she owns a, like a kayaking business on the west coast of Florida. And she emailed me. She's like, hey, I, I want a watch that's going to work for me day to day. And I don't know that, like, would your pilot watch work for that? And I was like, eh, probably not. It's, you know, it's push-pull crown, it's 50 ATM, but, you know, you're kayaking in the Everglades or whatever it is you're doing, I probably wouldn't wear it. But at the time, I was, like, on a major collection. I was getting rid of everything. Like, I was selling <laughs> everything, right? So I had, like, a, a, a Citizen Promaster that I bought because, like, you know, that's, like, the big competitor to the skx you know just the, the eco drive yeah. ProMaster. Yeah. i'm trying like i mean it's a great watch for for what you pay for it and i had one i like barely wore it i was like well i've got an idea for you what about i give you my citizen ProMaster, 
and you order the pilot watch to wear for fun because you said you liked it. And I sent her a ProMaster. I sent her my, my Citizen ProMaster, you know, months before she got the, the pilot watch on pre-order. And so it's pretty cool to think that, you know, I've got this customer who is wearing the watch that I own and, and running around the west side of Florida doing kayaking tours along the ocean wearing my pro master but then goes home at nights and wears my my pilot watch yeah that's crazy and those those well there's you know you, you you amass a collection of things and many of them i mean am i going to spend the time on ebay to make 120 dollars you know or a lot of times i'll give a watch like that away just like here have it i'm tired of it you give it to somebody that maybe isn't into watches or you know a first timer or maybe i give it to my oldest son you know here take this I've, I've had enough of it yeah um but that's what's fun about doing this with the customers i get to meet from around the world and just forming relations and relationships with them and it's kind of it's kind of neat you know uh little old cincinnati watch company shipping cincinnatus field watches to japan it's like <laughs> it, it was birthed there with the movement, and then it went right back to Japan to some people, and I th- I think that is so cool. That's that is so neat. much fun. I mean, we we've talked. About, I mean, we talk about it when we have guests on. We talked about it with Zach. We talked about it with Justin from Monta. We talked about it with Matt last week, and we're talking about it with you. It, it's the watches are cool. They're what bring us together, but it does end up really being about the people you meet mm-hmm. through this hobby. It's about the people. It's not about the watches. We've talked about that on our group chat for Red Bar Cincy. It's been brought up multiple times on this podcast. I would imagine on most I, – I know I've heard it brought up on other watch podcasts because I listen to all of them as well. Like it, It's about <laughs> the cool people you meet doing very cool things that just so happen to be interested in watches and share the same interests that you have. I mean I think that's what kind of brings us all together, which is, which is pretty neat. No, it's a great community. I mean, it's really, you know, just my customers have all been really great people. So it's it's really neat. You know, you, you go to, I went to that Red Bar the first time and I didn't know anybody there. I just felt immediately like I fit right in, Yeah. you know, and it was really easy to get along with everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's a great community and it's a bizarre one. That we're all staring at these little things on a wrist that some people would call jewelry, you know. But you know, we know we know a little bit differently that it's not just about jewelry and it's not just about time, you know. So of course, it's been of fun. course, it has. Um, well, I I don't want to say that we've reached the end of our time, but we've kind of hit about the hour mark, and we joked at the beginning of this podcast we're going to try to make it a half hour thing for folks, but. <laughs> Since about episode seven, that hasn't held true, so yeah, we, we apologize really again. No. We I'm continue sorry to apologize. I so much, but before before <laughs> oh, no. we leave, at least at least I want to hear, like, and I'll even tell you mine. What you're looking at next? And okay. I'm not even saying it has nothing to do with my watch. Nothing. To, I sure. Mean, I, I mean, if you're a Vince, my watch, fine, but but really not. All right, I'm Rick. What are you looking at next? Watch. What are you looking at, Rick? Okay, so so next for me, you know, you got you got. It, and I really think Cincinnati's a pretty interesting watch community right now. We're kind of growing, you know. You got Zach, you got me. There's a microbrand. Hey. The Red Bar community's growing. Whiskey and watches. I mean, th- I'll this, tell you this. I'll tell you this. this Cole Pennington. Is, 
Cole Pennington wrote the article about Richter and Phillips. He said he may, once he can travel again, want to come out to southern Ohio, northern Kentucky, check out the community. I don't know. Our, Dude, our eight I, followers, I, DM Cole. Let's get him out here. That's right. Hey, <laughs> you know. So so anyway, we got Richter and Phillips, and I love those guys. And, you know, they're our local drug dealers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Blake the Enabler, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got my eye on the SPB-147, which is the latest uh, Seiko release uh, in honor of the 62 Moss. And I can't ignore it. Because, like, they finally made a watch that fits on my little ass wrist. Because, like, you know, they're always making these, like, I, I mean, I don't even understand it. Like, there's a bunch of these Japanese guys rocking around. They weigh, like, 150 pounds. And they got, like, four-inch wrists. And they want, like, 45-millimeter watches. And, I don't, you know, I had the SBD-061, and I loved it. Uh, but it, you know, it's 44 millimeters, is 50 mil lug to lug. I mean, it, I mean, the thing was on the upper end of what I could really handle. I ultimately sold it, but I loved it because it's beautiful and it's based on this old watch. But I was like, <sighs> but they release uh, this model. It's got the brown dial, the gilt, the rubber band. So that that that's kind of next up to me and then long term you know i'm not as cool as you guys but eventually i'll get into <laughs> some rolex and maybe you know a speedmaster has always been on my list but um definitely the next one in my thought process is this new seiko so i want to hear what what everybody else has got uh got coming all right buzzy what have you got all right so um uh, we had previous episode talking about how i was all ready to go for uh, an explorer and uh, yeah you know the the wisdom of spending that much on on a watch right now uh, doesn't doesn't seem so smart uh i so, still say do it but yeah you <laughs> can sell it later you can it's sell one it the, later it's it true, really yeah. is one of those things i <laughs> If I came across a very strong deal, I'd take it, and I would put up with the uh, with the being berated for it. But um, I'm on it's the, just uh, in your own four walls, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, when when you're probably not uh, going back to work in your building for a while, well, those four walls, right? Those are Fair. kind of important. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So my my new game plan: micro brand madness. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking Divers Edition since you watch. Co. I think the black, because the nearest when that comes out was with uh, Zach. I kind of like the blue no date there, and mm. um, with the Manta. And I, I know this is like hilarious because these are all the people that we've we've had on. <laughs> um, this is true. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Yeah, I I would like I would like to see in person. I I like the idea of the atlas very much, but um, I also would love to see um, the Ocean King, um, just just in person. Yeah. The the new um, diver extension uh, really impressed me. Right, that mm -hmm. that seems like a really sweet oh, piece. Any of them those to are pick awesome. up. Well, the great thing for any watch owner is if you come on, you might sell three watches. 
This is true. This is true. It's very true. It's great marketing for right. any watch owners listening to this podcast. If you come on, it's really great marketing exactly. for at least three people. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, in fairness, I mean, we may have a couple more people coming on on as well in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. So, Spangler, <laughs> you, you just yeah, you just pick something up. Yeah, you just pick something up. What's what's next for you? Oh, um, sorry, I was going out there. Um, so yeah, I just picked up a Laurier, but uh, on my short list is definitely going to be a Doxa, uh, and I'm holding out. I'm looking to specifically get one of their newer releases that came out in the past two or three years uh, with the Aqualong U.S. Divers Association logo uh, on it, uh, and surprisingly, or unsurprisingly, they're kind of hard to find, so uh, you know, I've been like perusing the forums trying to find one of those. Um, but on the outside channel, another watch that I'm also looking at is the, the Pelagos LHD from Tudor. Um, mm. That would also be on my short list for watches that I've, uh, I'm trying to pick up here coming up. That hits close to home because I'm left-handed, but I wear my watches on the left hand, so I'm one yeah. of those weird people. <laughs> but if I got the LHD, I feel like I'd wear it on my right hand just because you have to. Well, I've, I've, got um, my, I've got my Destro Panerai, and I wear it on my left hand wrist. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know we've talked about it. So you have a theme there. You'd have two left-handed watches. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully soon to be two left-handed watches. We'll have to see. But uh, well, as a right-handed person, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I like the. It makes, so here's my here's my thing with that. If you were a left-handed watch or a left-handed watch on your left wrist, I think they're like super durable because the crown is like guarded because it's like up on your wrist, and it just this makes is fair. it makes it even more robust. You know, because you're not going to bang it on anything. There's something to true. that. Yeah. There's yeah. something to that. I love banging my watches around, so that's like my one tangent on that. Because like I love crowns on the left hand side, worn on my left hand wrist. Because I know I'm not going to bang on anything, and I can just like take it anywhere. So. So for me, since I think I'm the last guy to go, um, I mean, in fairness, Rick, you've known since you showed me the picture before you even had a <laughs> prototype that the blue Cincinnati Divers edition was on the list, like that. Yeah. And to be honest, like my wife and I have negotiated, I have a budget that's not even included in the budget. Like that watch is just happening. So oh. <laughs> the divers edition is happening. Damn the budget! That is it's excluded happening. from well, the budget. But that's <laughs> Don't have not to fair. Even worry about I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, as a, as a watch guy, I want to know what you want other than anything. That oh, I oh may no, no, or no! Don't worry. Sell. I've got yeah. a couple other things. Don't worry. That is just <laughs> the one that we we're going to start with. That, we're just going to get that out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we had Justin on. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Guilt Sky Quest. That's one of the things I've been I've been kind of kicking around, especially mm-hmm. since you know a few weeks ago we had him on. He was talking about the the new extension on that, which was kind of, I don't want to say kind of like my hang up on that watch because I like what he's doing and what what Mons is doing, but the fact that they were going to do the the three click adjustment, you know, without a tool, the toolless three click adjustment on the on the bracelet just seems really sweet. I have oh, I have so something that's... yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's I mean so they're doing neat. great stuff. They yeah. really are. Um, so that's one of the ones I'm kicking around. Um, when it first came out in, G- I want to say it was January, I messaged our buddy Blake the Enabler at Richter and Phillips mm-hmm. um, uh, about the the new Seiko Presage. I call it the Turnograph. I know it's it's the throwback to their Crown Chronograph that was one of the first ones that came out, but it's not the Mono Pusher that had just the seconds hand. It's just you know. Time only might be. I think it's time only. Actually, maybe time and date. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's just got a bi-directional kind of turnograph bezel. I went. I went in Director and Phillips last week and tried it on. It's phenomenal. Looking at that mm. one, 
um, spotted the new champagne and gilt alpinist, which did mm. not even know that was out and that was in there too. And I was like, oh, okay. It's another one I've got my eye on just because it's just a lot of what Seiko does, even just on their kind of their, their regular lines, they, they're, they're really kind of speaking to their enthusiast followers but they're also like they're, and they're extremely affordable. And then I think kind of the last one that I've got my eye on, you know, I, I've been kicking around the idea of a Grand Seiko, but I feel like that's a little bit further out. Just because if I want to get into Grand Seiko, I want to do it right, and I want it to be the right purchase, and not. I had a big year last year from a watch perspective. Oh yeah, I, I want to wait. Got that, you got that. You know, plain-looking hawk. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'll trade. I'll trade. I'll trade you that right now for a divers edition prototype. And that that is like, like a like it's like a piece unique trade. right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. So I feel it's like if I want to get into Grand Seiko, I want to I want to do it right and kind of wait for the right, you know, kind of the right thing. Um, but the, uh, I mean, I think the last thing that I've kind of been thinking about. Um, so I did the two, it's the, it's very similar to what, to what you're looking at. It's the, uh, the blue edition of the new 62 Moss real mm-hmm. re-releases on the bracelet. And it's, it's their limited one. And I think I, I want to say, I looked it up on our, on the, our friends over at Warner and Wild on their website. It's 1350 on a bracelet, six R 35 movement, you know, black yeah, bezel. That one's different because that was like the gold uh, sweep second or something. Well, it's got the gold seconds it, hand, it, yeah. and it's got uh, yeah. the bluish gray uh, um, dial with the black. But it's I'm, I'm with you. They're all the new ones. They're no, sick. They're, they're, they're so good. sweet. I mean, they're so sweet. And it's all it always figures because the one I want with the brown dial and the gilt only comes on the rubber. So like, if I want to get the steel, I have to buy two watches, and they know this. They know they do. Seiko. <laughs> they do. They really know it. But they're like, okay, well, he'll just buy another one, and then he'll be able to put the steel bracelet on the watch that he really wanted. So we got to put like one that's really cool out without a steel bracelet. So he has to buy two. They yeah. did that with the SBD 063. They had a blue dial, but only came on the rubber. But then they had the black yep. one that came on the steel. <laughs> so you had to buy two watches in order to have the steel on both of them. I understand oh, yeah. that program. I should be learning from this. Your blue one should only come on a. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Your yeah. gilt one should only come on a strap because I want the bracelet. You can, you can, you can screw over buzzing, not me. Yeah, we, guys, we we gotta end this before we give Rick any bad ideas. Yeah, exactly. Oh. exactly. <laughs> and on that note, okay. So you yeah, all know you can it. find yeah. You all know you can find us get whiskey and watches on whiskey whiskey dot and dot watches dot podcast on instagram our handles are all linked in there rick where can we find you on instagram uh at cincinnati watch co all right and, and we'll then uh, your new if we want to find your website and subscribe to your newsletter how do we do that so you go to cincinnati watch.com and if you go to the homepage, bottom of the url and pretty much any of the watch pages bottom of the url you can uh subscribe to our newsletter that's awesome well, we encourage all of our listener. Uh, no, sorry, it's sorry, player. It's listeners. We got seven of them now, <laughs> eight of them. I don't. I lost track. I can still count them on two hands. It's fine. Um, we encourage you guys all to go out to Rick's website. You know, subscribe to the newsletter. Follow him on Instagram. He's got some school, some cool stuff. Seriously, the dive watch. It's the divers edition is fantastic. 
Spangler and I just both like fawned over it this morning. Like I, I can't yeah. wait to order one. It's 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 super cool. The bracelet's super comfortable. It's it's a great package. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. You know, to 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 having one personally because seeing them this morning. I'm going to be a very impatient customer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yours is extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours will be 500. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on that note, we're glad you were able to come on, Rick. Thanks for coming on and talking to us, talking, taking us through the, the Cincinnati Watch Company journey. Uh, we really appreciate it. And eventually, you know, we talked about it this this after, this morning. We should try to do an open air red bar here locally. I think that might be the next step here. I'm in totally the next down. Month. That's like the only thing we can do in the environment. I mean, I think uh, the 15th is what I heard that like open air restaurants and bars are allowed. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm totally down with it. I mean, like. All right. I got to message our buddies. Cool. I think everyone's itching yeah, for yeah, it, so we really do need to do one. We need yeah. to do this. I mean, and that, that's the reason wide. these podcasts have been so long, because they've been Red Bar meetups for us. So, <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. Yeah. We're sorry, not sorry to our listeners. So, But anyway, Rick, it's been great having you on. Thanks for chatting with us, and uh, oh, we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys have coming out. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being here. It, it was really fun. And maybe next time we can you know, get together and just talk about other watches. Oh, we probably will. And I'm I'm the first to talk about other watches. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. We'll have you back on. (laughs) This seems to be a theme with folks who we've who we've interviewed. It's like not only do they have a watch brand, but they're also watch guys. So like we gotta well you'll be back, don't worry. (laughs) Cool. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.